there to self-care. I'm Jen, lifestyle YouTuber and your host of this podcast, where we dive deep with insightful guests to find out how self-care has played a role in their success. Welcome to our community. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to our community. If you are watching over on Spotify, you can see I have a new ring light. It's not, sorry, I'm like playing around with this microphone and you're probably hearing it. It's not just for the Spotify video of it all, but also my reels. I just feel like it's been blurry and we just needed a bit of an upgrade. So on Amazon Prime Day, I got this little like tiny ring light that's just for your computer. It like clips on. So that's that's what we're working with. So love a new gadget. I'm actually going to post this along with the additional product rec that I have on if you don't follow on Instagram obviously I've been doing like a product recommendation every week and on Instagram on dare to self-care pod you can see like when I say new episode is out I also post a link to purchase whatever my product rec was so you have it so I will post this too on my stories okay let's dive in to what was in and out of alignment for us this week. As always, you guys can put yours in the Geneva chat. So in alignment this week, I had like the most well-balanced weekend of all time. And I know for some reason people are like triggered by the word balanced. I'm going to use it. So (laughs) sometimes I think we're getting a little too, a little too nitpicky. Okay. Um, There's nothing wrong with saying the word balance and striving for it in the best way that you can. Okay. So I had the most well-balanced weekend. I had alone time, self-care time, workouts, recovery time, social time, genuine quality time with friends. I had drinks, but I didn't overdo it. I was never hung over, really good food, some family time. It was just like a really well-rounded weekend. So that's that on that out of alignment. I'm not going to lie. I am feeling so overwhelmed. And it's every time there's like a lot of video editing in my life, I think I get very overwhelmed just because it's a very daunting task. It's very time consuming. And when I dedicate all my time to editing a video, it feels like all of the million other little things that I have to do and emails I have to answer are piling up, which stresses me out. And it was one thing When I was just doing it for Shelby, that was very different. It's like, oh, I'm working for Shelby. I edit her videos twice a week. Like, this is my job. I don't know. It just felt different. But juggling editing multiple different people's videos and TikTok videos too, it's just very daunting. And I'm still, I love editing people's YouTube thumbnails and graphic design. So I'm still doing that. I'm still doing my strategy consultations, which I love. But I might start phasing out of the video editing because I think it's important to check in with yourself. Where is the anxiety truly coming from? And I feel like that's where it's coming from. But it sucks because then you judge yourself or I judge myself. I'm like, but I feel like I need to do this financially. I can't just quit everything that I don't like to do. So just trying to juggle like what makes most sense for me in terms of what's going to get me to my greater goal, but then also my greater financial goals as well. So weighing the pros and cons. I think there's a way to just schedule it more effectively, maybe only work with one or two clients, not taking, you know, a bunch of freelance work. So I think there's a way around that. And I just need to like figure that out. 
Let's breathe in what was in alignment for us this week and breathe out what was out of alignment for us this week. (sighs) Okay. Product recommendation for the week. Oh. Damn, I have a few. Okay, let's go with like a physical, tangible product. May Apothecary is a small business. It's a non-toxic, clean skincare brand, and they sent me a bunch of stuff, and I have been loving. They have like this tiny mini facial massage roller, and every time I get like one of those big rollers and the sculptors, I just don't use it, or it feels dirty, or I don't know. I just don't use it, but this is like a very mini baby one, like smaller than the size of my hand, like maybe half the size of my hand. And I keep it in my little ashtray on my coffee table with the lighters. And it's just so nice and easy to like plop in the ashtray and just like take and roll on my face. It's just very nice and small and convenient and feels really good. So I've been loving that. And let's get into the episode. So the guest of this week's episode is Sharon Brand. She is the founder of Brands Media Group. With over seven years of experience in communication, digital, and influencer marketing within the fashion sector, Sharon uses her international and widespread experiences to individually consult brands, influencers, and entrepreneurs on how to elevate their online presence and achieve their goals through various branding and marketing initiatives. She is a Parsons Paris graduate, and yeah, let's get into the topics. So we spoke about her story from being the person who just gave friends advice to actually creating a full-on agency around it at just 20 years old. Her advice for other young entrepreneurs and creatives that have a new business idea and just feel more creative and a little bit more of imposter syndrome when it comes to the business side, which is a lot of what we spoke about. And then we got into, unexpectedly, a lot about travel blogging because I didn't realize that that's how she got her start as a college student in Paris. So we went into, you know, a bunch of travel blogging tips, which was really fun. And for some reason, I feel like my voice is gone from this weekend. So I'm going to stop talking. Follow us on Instagram to keep up with all upcoming guests, getting your, you know, questions in there for any upcoming guests and all things Dare to Self Care. Of course, join the Geneva group and let's get into the episode. Quick pause in the episode to share with you our sponsor of today's episode, which is Evolve by Erica. If you have been following me on any social media platform for a while, you know that this is my program that I use for Kundalini. So Evolve by Erica is an app. It's a website where you get anywhere from five-minute audio meditations to over 30-minute Kriya meditations. I have learned so much about Kundalini breathwork through her program. She has live meditations every Monday morning with the whole community on Zoom, camera off, And it is such an amazing way to hold yourself accountable. And this practice has truly allowed me to strengthen my intuition. It supported me through the hardest of times and the most transitional periods of my life over the past few years. And you can hear more about my journey with Evolved by Erica if you head over to her podcast, Evolved by Erica, because she had me on the podcast and we spoke about my entire story and really how Kundalini has played such a huge role in supporting me through my journey and listening to my gut and strengthening my intuition and just becoming mentally stronger. So 
I love this program because not only does it give you quick to lengthier meditations every single morning and schedules to follow, but you're also part of a larger community and you gather every single week. And she has such an approachable way about her with Kundalini. Like it's such an approachable, casual yet impactful way of teaching Kundalini. So we have a discount code. You with my code Gen10 or just click the link in the show notes. I'll have it below and the code should already be applied for you. But you'll get a seven day free trial of the app and the program and you you will also get 10% off your first month of the program by signing up with me. So click the link below, use code Gen10, and start your Kundalini journey with me. Let's get back into the episode. Hi, Sharon. Welcome to the podcast. Hi. Thank you so much for having me today. Thank you for coming on. I'm so excited to talk to you because I feel like you have such an interesting story. You know, you were from Paris and then you started a business at such a young age. So there's so much I'm excited to dive into you about. Yes. Well, we can dive right into it. <laughs> Amazing. Let's start every episode with your top self-care tip that's played a role in your success. Okay. So first one would be that I sleep really early and at 10 p.m. I'm off my phone and I'm already in bed and I really prioritize this because wow. that's what I need for my body. And when I wake up in the morning, I'm, I feel so refreshed. Um, second one is having a me, me time at some point during the week and that means like you know taking this really long shower putting some mask on oils moisturizing um really this time for myself and then the third one is surrounding myself with only positive uplifting inspiring genuine kind friends yeah how important has that been because i've had conversations with friends that have also either started a business or started you know a youtube channel or whatever it might be and we talk about how so much energy gets poured into our business that sometimes your relationships either fall short or you really just have to take a look at like where makes sense for you to truly put your energy in and who's draining your energy and who's giving you energy. Is that something that you think about a lot or how is how have your relationships, I guess, played a role in your entrepreneurship journey? Yeah, I absolutely love this question because sometimes I feel like I'm the one that could be draining energy from my friends and my very own best friends because there's, you know, so many things going on with starting a business. And of course, you know, they're my best friends and that's what they're here for. So it's always so nice to to vent and to tell them what's going on. But that's also why I decided to get a business coach to really separate uh, you know, what I tell my best friends and then what I tell the business coach and sometimes, you know, advice from friends they're here for me and they support me and it's so incredible to see and to have but having someone that is specifically you know does this work um has just helped so much and I feel like I'm so grateful because I have great true friendships with you know all the people around me but sometimes it's also nice to tell yourself okay there's also people that are here for the side of your business that you know friends maybe don't have any experience on um and that really helps actually that's such an interesting point of it's not just thinking about who's draining and giving you energy, but also taking a look in the mirror and being self-aware to how you're showing up as a friend because a huge part of it is like you feel like a bad friend because you're putting all your time and energy into your business and then like maybe family comes first and whatnot so you can feel like a bad friend. But that's actually a great tip of, but when I am able to be with my friends, I'm giving them the attention they need and not just taking and taking and taking and instead investing 
in the business coach, which I, I do hear a lot of entrepreneurships recently when I listen to podcasts, so many people are now investing in a business coach. What does that look like? Yeah. So at first I was really skeptic about it just because I, you know, I didn't know what it would look like or if it would actually bring some results. So it's kind of like, a, so it's a coach and you basically resolve your issues by answering questions that deep down it's like you know the answer to but you kind of you're afraid to do it or to say it out loud and then because right now you don't have the choice and you're on the phone with this person who's you know accountable for your success you kind of answer your own problems like this and then you really have to apply it to the business so to give you an example um i was having kind of questions about managing a team and you know everyone is different uh in our team so there's people who work faster some slower so sometimes, you know, I don't have the expertise in bu the business world. This is not what I studied when I did this entrepreneurship journey. Um, it was really mostly on the creative side of things. So having this coach that helps me guide me in questions that I can ask the team or, you know, just uh, words of, of um, words of support and just ways that I can help support their ways of working. The, the, these are things that, yes, you can Google it, but there's also ways to say it that are so specific that it really, really, really helped. So yeah, honestly, business owners, small business owners, uh, especially, or really anyone with a business, uh, this is a really great investment that you could be doing for your yourself and your company. Right. Because it's hard when you're just starting out and you maybe don't have the funds to feel like you are able to be selfish in spending on that. But if you view it as an investment and you're pouring into your company and into being a better leader for your company, that'll allow your company to flourish and then the money will come. Yeah. It's just also, like you said, looking at it on the long term and really telling yourself and asking yourself, okay, this is going to be a bit of a price, but what is it going to, what's going to come out of it? You know, and for right. us, it's okay, well, a better, a better manager. Uh, I'm, you know, my better self when I invest in this. The team's happier. The business is growing faster. So it's just only good stuff. Yeah, you know what's funny? It just reminded me of, did you see the, do you know, are you familiar with like the Elizabeth Holmes story and Theranos? No. Okay, well, if anyone's listening and is, if, well, she definitely could have used a business coach and maybe it wouldn't have ended in her, you know, being sentenced. And like, truly, it can, the investment is worth it because, you need someone to bounce your ideas off of and almost to check you and hold you accountable. So if I ever really start a business like that, that's something I would definitely consider investing in. But what also struck me about what you were saying was you were creative and you never studied business. And we are in this age of, you know, everyone's being told if you have a passion, you can make money doing it. You don't need to be in a desk job and all of these things. And it's like, but if you have a creative passion, you're expected to just be able to figure out all the business side of it and the marketing and the finances, especially at first when you maybe aren't able to hire an entire team. So is that something that you really struggled with at first? And how did you, or maybe it was the business coach that was the answer, but how did you really figure out, okay, I have this idea for, an, for a business. What are my next steps to actually making it a business? Yeah. So 
I am someone who really takes things day by day and I, which is, you know, not the best and not ideal when you want to open a business. But at the same time, it was, it really did work in my favor because I kind of really did take it day by day without really thinking of the future. My ex-boyfriend really helped me out because he was, he's a consultant in management and in, you know, bigger company structure. So he's the one who sent me down within the first two weeks of BMG having launched and he was like, okay, what's your vision? What's your mission? What are the company's values? And I was like, huh, let me think of that. I don't even know. And, you know, if it wasn't for him, then today I don't even think BMG would still exist because these were the foundations I didn't know that we really needed to be right. where we are today. Uh, I think financially, well, I I'm, I feel super, you know, fortunate and lucky that during COVID, I was able to move back home in Montreal because I was living in Paris at the time. That's also when I launched BMG. So I was back in Montreal. And what happened is that my dad was like, Sharon, just open a business. Everyone's asking you for advice on social media. Let's find a name. Let's find, you know, let's open the bank account for it. Let's do it. So I was like, okay, let's do it. And, you know, I didn't know what I was doing, which is really funny. And we got our first three clients within the first week. And that is all due to the network that I had made uh, during my studies abroad and, you know, living in four different places, which is so special. And it was kind of a snowball effect from there. So getting back from, to your question, I feel like once you, you know, you really release all the expectations and ideal of, you know, what you want your business to look like and really take it day by day, even financially, like, yes, we did close these three first clients during the first week, but then that helped me get, you know, some treasury already on the side to get some people come in the team. And then, I don't know, I'm not, I'm, I suck in math. I'm really bad in math, in numbers, all of that. Now we have an accountant and God bless him. I don't know what I would do without him. But before he came on, I was kind of, you know, dividing up the numbers like, okay, we're getting this client. So I'm going to be able to hire someone in X amount of time. But again, with no background at all on specific numbers. So I kind of did it with like this intuitive feeling, I could say, if mm -hmm. I can say. Yeah. Yeah. And it sounds like kind of what we were talking about on last week's episode, which is using your village. You know, you had your boyfriend, your dad, your network, and it's, it's, you don't have to do everything yourself. If you put the pressure on yourself to do everything yourself, it probably, you know, it might not go the way it could go so much more smoothly if you just lean on people who know more than you. Yeah, no. And so we, we, when we set our company's values, one of the value is to help one another. And that was really important to me. It's kind of what you're saying, you know, it takes a village. I really wanted us between team members, even with the clients, when they come in, they know like we're here to help. We're, we're all here. Like if one day I'm not available, you know, it's everyone's just here and present to help. And it's great because it's, um, you know, if you, you're opening up a, a business, you want to be setting those values in the company to really dictate, okay, what, what is going to be the ambiance and the atmosphere of the, whole, uh, of the whole place and structure. And it really sets the mood to who you are as a brand. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Totally. And you had said that when the idea came about for BMG, it was because your dad was like, everyone asks you for social media advice. Why don't you start a business? Can you take us back to that? Like, why were people asking you for that advice? Did you start your own platforms? Like, before you were 20 starting a business, what was, I guess, like the real impetus for that? Yeah. So funny story, when Instagram had just launched, I was one of the first person to download it. I remember like none of my friends had it and I loved it. I loved posting pictures of what I was doing and, uh, you know, sharing just food and travel pictures. I didn't put myself up there so much. It was more of, you know, what I was doing and my whereabouts. And then I started posting my fashion, my outfits uh, when I went to college. And my mom was really concerned because, you know, no, Instagram wasn't known then and she didn't want me to be in the public uh, eye that much, which I get. I was 15 years old at the time, so it makes sense. So I put my account back to private, but I was still sharing everything, but with a very closed off network, I would say. And then when I went to Tel Aviv to do my bachelor in communications and marketing, we had classes on social media, but I was really, again, it was very numberish and very, you know, Facebook paid ads and all those type of classes. I was very much looking into the content creation part of it. So I actually started a travel blog and with a blog, it I kind of grew my following uh, there and I was invited to these restaurants to try food and these events, you know, these, uh, I don't know, there was like National Tequila Day. So I got tickets for that. So it was really, really fun. It was a really fun time, like careless, you know, no worries about it. And then I, just because I was really into social media, I guess people really saw this passion in me and really they were interested in, okay, how did you, I didn't even grow that many followers. It was more of the the stories and the content I was putting out there that was really stimulating to others. And then when COVID hit, all the businesses were going from physical to digital. And that's when a lot of friends of friends and friends who I didn't know had businesses called me like, we need your help. Like I need to set up a page for my business because I need to close down for, I don't know how many months. So that's when, you know, I took things in hand and at the, at the first, at the beginning I was doing things, for free because I had no intention of opening a business and I was actually finishing on my master's. So I was writing a thesis, which was taking up a lot of my time. And that's when my dad was like, listen, let's just start it and we'll see. And so I talked with my graphic designer friend who helped me design a logo website in three weeks. And then we launched May 1st and that's how it all started. <laughs> wow. Okay. So now I'm really intrigued because I didn't realize you were travel vlog uh, blogging. And that is something that I see for myself like down the line. And I know a lot of people wish they could just travel and make money traveling. If someone were to come to you or your agency right now and say, I want to start travel blogging or travel vlogging on YouTube, what is your advice? How do you start getting, you know, those first free hotel rooms or how do you start getting paid? Like what would be your top tips for someone trying to break into that space? So I have two things I'd like to say about it. So first of all, it's really important to be kind to whoever you're going to be speaking to. So, you know, if it's restaurants or a hotel or, you know, an airline and you see that the vibe is not the same, that they're being a bit, you know, they're being just whatever, maybe it might not be a good fit, but if you think they are arrogant or, you know, they, you're not you're just not feeling it, 
it's still better to be kind than to respond and be also uh, kind of rude yourself just because you never know in life where it's going to take you and if you would, you know, work with them uh, on the in the future. For example, for us, we uh, I was in touch with a hotel, the Hilton Hotel in Tel Aviv, and we always stayed in really, really good contact. And it all started because I posted a picture of their food one day when I was there. And up to this day, so it's been seven years, Whenever wow. we travel there with my family, even they sent us a discount uh, for the hotel rooms just because of that one picture that I had posted seven years ago. So, you know, we keep in touch and that's so important is whoever you're going to be speaking to, even if it doesn't end up being, you know, an actual partnership, just put yourself out there, like state your name, state what you do, you know, introduce yourself. No one bites and, you know, they'll remember you if you are kind and genuine. The second thing is... I think today we really shifted to, of course, more videos on social media. And I think that if you make a new platform, and I know it's going to sound very crazy and very tough to do, but you need to put yourself out there in a very different way that even seems like crazy and out of the box way. So I don't know if it means like putting putting on a wig and saying something crazy on camera where it you know it's going to really make people get their get that attention that you need to get your first followers then that would really really help because once you do have a following and people do look at that you know the number of likes if there's i don't know uh 10,000 followers and 30 likes you're not maybe you know it won't be likely that you will land a partnership so i think it doesn't even matter the number of followers as long as it's all you know it all makes the ratio makes sense and uh, if you do get these numbers a bit up and then, you know, I'm a hotel, I see your page, I think you're different, you're fun, you're yourself, you stay true to your vision, you're just, you know, genuine and again, just yourself, then why not come and to my hotel, you know, if you can share that with your audience? Sorry, that was a bit long. <laughs> no, I was like really into it. I'm like, tell me more because I'm so intrigued by the travel blogging and vlogging space because... That's something that isn't as easy to do when you have a full-time job. Was that right. something you were doing? Well, you were, you said you were young. So were you a student at that time? Yeah. So I was doing my bachelor okay. uh, at the time. So I was in school. I also was working um, and I kind of combined both of the work that I was doing, which was I was in a social media manager. So I was really kind of combining like my travel blogging with also, mm -hmm. you know, day in a life. Like I'm working, I'm a student, but I'm, I also get to travel to all these places. And I was specific about traveling within Israel because it's such a small country. There's so much to do there. So I was really showing kind of the, you know, hidden gems of the country. And then what was really funny actually is that every time I traveled to, let's say, Amsterdam or Paris or Europe, Greece, all that, I was posting my pictures a bit later because at the time I didn't want to be posting in real time because I didn't want to tell people where I was all the time. Right. And so people would see me in school, but I was posting all about my trip to Amsterdam, <laughs> but kind of like a day-to-day -day Amsterdam journey. So like my breakfast, my lunch, and they saw me at school and they were like, wait, you're here? I thought you were in Amsterdam. <laughs> I've heard this though. I've heard from so many travel vloggers and, and Instagrammers or whatnot that they're not posting when they're on their trip because that's also the best way to be able to still enjoy your travels while also getting the content. If you're getting the content, editing and posting, you're not really able to enjoy the perks of full-time or part-time, whatever it is, travel. So sure. 
did you find or do you find that when tra- and then we can move on but I'm just so intrigued by travel yeah. that it ruined your trip in any way or that you had to be really strict with like your mindset and your mentality and still being able to enjoy the trip so I think today things have shifted in the sense that people really know what's happening in real time and you know there's stories and there's reels and all that so I feel like it's not the same thing as six years ago when you could do it and it would still work I feel like today Mm -hmm. your audience would know where you are and again it wouldn't feel true to myself it did at the time but now I wouldn't do it I just feel like it is good if you are traveling and you know even eventually you if you want to do the whole travel blogging thing which is Mm -hmm. so incredible I feel like setting an hour a day after at the end of the day to really gather the content and work on it it's so much fun also it's not like a you know crazy task that is draining it's so much fun and I think it is important to show the day-to-day so I feel like having this hour that you put in your calendar because even if you know you tell yourself in your mind oh yeah I'm gonna edit this later I'll take an hour later no 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 like make it a priority put it in your calendar sit down do it and then you have it and you can post it in real life yeah that's a very good tip I think it depends on the platform as well for sure because like If it's a YouTube video, people don't expect you to be posting in real time. That takes a lot more work when you're home from your trip, let's say. But like maybe Instagram, they want to see your Instagram stories in real time and things like that. So I think it does depend on the platform. Are you, if we're talking about BMG now, are you mainly working with brands, with influencers? Like what's the work that you're doing? Yeah. So because I studied fashion after my bachelor in communication, I really wanted to combine both uh, passions of mine. And I love fashion. I've always loved, you know, that you can use clothes to express yourself. And I love seeing the way that people dress up in the street and that, you know, it's a reflection of who they are. So now we work with fashion brands, lifestyle, jewelry, beauty, uh, brands. So it's mostly brands and brands that have so few products. And it's also brands that have already launched but need help rebranding, already launched and need help with the consistency of everything or are launching and are completely new to, um, you know, to the social media world. And we've also seen, sadly, but it's the first thing, it's the first time this has happened. And I feel like it is a beautiful thing to see still a company closed down because of COVID. Uh, So we had to do the social media to announce that they're closing and they were pretty big also. So we've seen it all. And it's always within this lifestyle, fashion, travel even um, world. Okay, amazing. So if anyone is out there and is either creative or just has a business idea but might feel some imposter syndrome, like, why me? I can't do this. Or like, I don't know how to start a business and the finances of it. What would be your advice to anyone listening? So I read this incredible book in November when I was really dealing with a really, really, really bad imposter syndrome uh, moment. It's called The Imposter Cure. I will write you the name on to the chat later because I don't remember it by heart. And if you want to share it on social at yeah. some point with everyone listening, but you can find it on Amazon or if you type The Imposter Cure on Google, you'll find it. It really helped me because it's so hard to you know, when it's your baby and your company, it's so hard to differentiate both and to step out of it and to tell yourself, okay, let's say someone is not happy with your work or you're not sure. 
no, 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 you can't, you can't see the light out of the tunnel, right? Because it seems so far away. So really telling yourself like, okay, what am I working for? Like tomorrow when I wake up, what do I want to do that, you know, in six months from now, I'm going to really be happy about. And it's also about leaving the procrastination aside for a moment. If I know it's harder for some people, but really telling yourself, okay, if I get this done, what's the feeling that I'm going to be feeling afterwards? And you can feel it. Like I, if even when I tell myself this sentence, I feel it in my gut right now. It's like this good feeling, like relaxed and peaceful. Everything is getting done. So like, that's why I do things. So, you know, like I'm on the dot. I'm like a type A type of person, but because I know that feeling afterwards and it feels so good. So if you have a business, if you want to jump into it, just go for it. Like that's my main advice. It's like, don't overthink it. Just start it. And little details can come after. For us, we had a first small website that had everything we needed. And we just right now invested in a really big agency that just redesigned all of it. And now it's really much more, you know, complicated, I would say, but easy to navigate, of course, but uh, Mm -hmm. sophisticated website. Uh, Same thing for just, you know, just those little details, invoicing, templates, um, those, you know, things in the companies that eventually evolve and change. Right. What are your top tips for finding new clients, if that's anyone's either pain point or something they're nervous about? Yeah. So again, the strong aspect of, you know, putting yourself out there, introducing yourself to people that you meet, you never know if someone is going to be needing your help at some point. So whoever you're meeting in the street, you know, if you start talking to them, I'm an extrovert. I love getting energy from people. I love speaking to everyone that I meet. So I don't have a problem with it. I know for others, it might be a bit like some, for some, it's a bit hard. So my advice for that is just like, don't be scared because what's the worst that can happen? That's what you have to think, you know, in the back of your mind. And then leaving a card, if you can, sending out, you know, LinkedIn messages after you meet someone just to reintroduce yourself. Uh, That's what I did a lot through school and all my you know every time I traveled abroad I was always meeting people that even today we're still in touch with for some we did a few consultations we worked with so the network is a really really strong factor and then it's talking about your business to to your friends and to your close circle Um, because you know there's the people that you don't know and that you meet once and for them also you might never know if one day you'll work with them but your friends and your family and the people that know you best are your best referrals and so you know putting yourself out there with them and talking about how much you're passionate about it that could really help because they can sense it and then they talk about you and that's you know that's it's such a beautiful thing. It's also a lesson that I actually learned or solidified yesterday quick little anecdote. I know someone who was leaving their job and they were like, honestly, I've always wanted to just clean people's apartments. Like I love to clean. Like I've always wanted to. And like, I just, you know, one day I need to start the business. All I did for her was go into a New York city Facebook group with thousands of people. And I said, Hey, I know someone who's really great at cleaning apartments. If anyone needs someone, she got over 10 messages that day and booked 10 people in like an hour. And it's a great lesson of just like sometimes, especially today, it really is as easy as a click of a button to just get one new client. If you go in Facebook groups, Geneva groups, text, you know, your group chats and say, does anyone know someone who might need this? Like, it really is about putting yourself out there and not feeling ashamed to do so or feeling like, 
less than, which goes back to the imposter syndrome work. And before we get into the ending segment, is there anything you do, any mindset you tap into? I know you said you had a moment of really of feeling intense imposter syndrome. Is there anything that helped you through that, whether a mindset or any tool? Yeah, it's like social media is oh, is so powerful. And I've always felt that it was so powerful because in just a story or, you know, in a one second post, you can talk about whatever you're feeling to your audience. And that's what I always did. I always shared these like vulnerable moments uh, on the platform, which actually makes me feel better because I realized that I'm not alone, right? And that's something that sometimes people and we often forget, you know, we think it's the end of the world, that it's only happening to us, but no, like everyone's feeling this like at least once a day. So even if some days we have really, really good highs and some days are really, really low, the most important is to stay, you know, linear in that sense and just keep going if you really believe in your business. Like back in November, my imposter syndrome was more of like, I don't know if BMG is going to survive this because we only had three clients. Today, if we had three clients, I know that we're going to survive it. We just need to find the right people. So I really was able to change my mindset by sharing about these very lows on social. And just last, it was two weeks ago, I was having the worst, worst, worst time. Everything was really just tough with clients with everything I was traveling it was really really stressful I was trying not to also put it you know on my team and to show them that I was so stressed and I posted on my story and I just wrote like something I was drinking coffee and I said you know taking a moment here to share that not everything is always glam and some days are really really tough and all the messages that I got were so special and I felt so supported that it just made me feel better so I think if you're feeling this way, to talk about it with someone you trust or sharing it out in the open, it might seem very out in the open like that, but people are here to listen and could really give you some great pieces of advice. And by the way, after this day, after this moment that I drank coffee and I was having a worse day, I got locked out of my office for the whole afternoon. <laughs> so I missed a few meetings. So it was just like when it rained, of course. A hundred percent. That's how it goes, right? <laughs> And honestly, being open like that, it just humanizes you. It humanizes the brand and it makes people feel closer to you and your brand in general. So I think that's a great tip all around for yourself and also for your audience. Okay, let's get into the ending segment, Rapid Fire. What is your favorite book right now other than the imposter one that you already recommended? I just finished reading... Ugly Love by Colleen Hoover. Did I love Colleen Hoover. No, but I've read a bunch of her other ones. Should I read that one next? Yes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. It's incredible. <laughs> it's so special. And I read It Ends With Us. But yeah, this one would be my favorite. Oh, really? Because It Ends With Us is my favorite. I just finished November 9. Have you read that one yet? It's my next one. Wait, did you okay. read Verity? That is the most Yes, that was question. like my intro oh my to Colleen. <laughs> This one was, I finished it in 24 hours. Okay. Now I'm excited to read Ugly Love. Okay. I love it. What is your favorite workout? Melissa Woodhouse. Oh, love. Great (laughs) answer. (laughs) Okay. When do you feel your happiest? When I wake up in the morning. Like mornings are my favorite time of the day when everyone's sleeping and I'm up. It's the best feeling just knowing that I'm, I feel like on top of the world. I love that. Sometimes I'm like dreading waking up, but the second I'm out of like the 
the tired fog that is when I first open my eyes and I'm like getting to my meditation or pouring my coffee. It is the best. The best. Okay. What would be your last meal on earth? Tomato sauce pasta. <laughs> Great answer. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> delicious. Mine always changes. I would have a spread. It would be like matzo ball soup, like a Jewish meal, but then also like Indian food. It does not go together at all, but just like my two favorite things. (laughs) Listen, it works. Whatever works. Whatever makes you happy. (laughs) And penne alla vodka. I can't decide. I ask everyone to decide on this podcast, but I can't. (laughs) I still never tried that. I need to go. (gasps) I know. That was my favorite pasta. Yeah, okay, where it. can the people find you? All things BMG, work with you. So the BMG Instagram account is at Brands Media Group. And then the website is brandsmediagroup.com. And my personal page is at Sharon Brand. And that's also, you know, where I could answer if you guys have any questions or tips you want to discuss, really anything. I'm an open book. I love talking to people about this. So you can message me whenever. That's amazing. Sharon's DMs are open for you, entrepreneurs. Thank you so much. I can't wait to keep in touch. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you.